city council in Saskatoon yesterday, uh, their theme song. So, before we start Bugs Day, the hour of rage, trust me, this is the final Bugs Day. And of course, even there, I couldn't get my timing right because I thought, we'll do a shorter Bugs Day, as we sometimes do, because... Uh, this story of Saskatoon City Council, which will open up for Regina listeners, the very same issue. You remember the province back in October talked about in this whole homelessness strategy, two 15-bed complex needs homeless shelters. One 15-bed complex needs shelter, Saskatoon, one in Regina. So what was happening in Saskatoon yesterday, the irony was not lost on people, in an old liquor store on North Idlewild was the whole question of how this complex needs shelter would work. Our Lara Fominoff, senior reporter, 650 CKOM, was there. And uh, you could get the sense just from uh, social media, from other things. Lara, thank you so much. Fairly tense, long meeting. It was a very long meeting. It was very tense at times, yes. About seven hours, most of that time uh, spent solely on listening to residents and business concerns uh, around that shelter opening up on Idlewild and also hearing from five representatives from the provincial government who'd come uh, from SAS Builds and Procurement, Health Ministry, uh, Corrections and Policing and Housing as well to answer questions, not just from residents as well, but from city council, uh, councillors who had a lot of them. And yes, it did get very tense at times. Mayor Charlie Clark had to um, ask specifically uh, Darren Hill to uh, Councillor Darren Hill to uh, uh, make sure his tone was not one of confrontation, but to adjust it so that, you know, it was more of a um, fact finding and question answering uh, debate, not a debate, but uh, back and forth. Right. So in the end, council voted 10 to 1, Darren Hill being the, the outlier mm-hmm. on that one, to allow a development permit to be issued for 18 months. So what was the, why was that needed and what does it do? Okay, so it is needed because the provincial government is going to be running this medically supervised facility. Um, and According to the Housing Ministry and the Social Services Ministry, they need that length of time. They're calling this a pilot project. So they need that length of time to, first of all, secure the contracts for the people who are going to be the company or companies that are going to be running this facility. Um, and also to sort of gauge, you know, have a lessons learned and to gauge, you know, how this shelter is affecting the neighborhood, how, um, whether, you know, they're helping people indeed, um, seek services and, and how that all works out. So that's why they needed the 18 months. Um, they did not need city council uh, permission to do so because the area is already zoned for uh, emergency shelter. Those decisions were made by city council uh, to allow for that particular um, zoning a couple of years ago, back I believe in November 2021. Um, so w- it was just the length of time that city council needed to say, okay, we will let you stay here for perhaps six months um, or the entire 18 months. So they, they, I'll give them that 18 month window. Correct. Our Lara Fominoff, senior reporter, 650CKOM. I guess for a lot of people, what is a complex needs shelter? Did, was there an, a sufficient explanation from social services and health and housing and the, the five government departments that were represented? This is a shelter for people who, 
have severe mental health and addictions issues. Those who are not accepted uh, anymore at the wellness center um, who may not have identification, who may be homeless, who um, are who need special treatment, who need medical help in order to um, to get off drugs or alcohol or what have you. But it's it's a 24 hour shelter. So when someone's brought there, they can only be bought, brought there by Saskatoon police. Nobody is allowed to just simply walk in there. So when they are brought there by Saskatoon police, they will uh, have access to uh, nurses, um, medical assistance, uh, social services assist- assistance right at that particular facility. So there'll be this suite of experts uh, with, again, mindful of the serious mental health and addictions. Right. A lot of us who see a future, and I, I don't think even under Canadian law we're, we're there yet, where people will be mandated for treatment, the state of the law now is 24 hours. That person can say in the midst of their psychosis, hey, I'm, I'm leaving. And that is the... Those were the questions, those were the concerns of many of the businesses and residents who will be, who are located near where that complex shelter right. is going to open up. They're saying 24 hours. That's not enough time, we don't believe, for somebody to be able to say, hey, you know what, I really do want to get off, uh, I, I want to stop using drugs, I want to get that help. Um, it's not enough time for that. Also, um, who who's going to be running this place? Uh, where are you going to take them after this 24 hours? If the weather is terrible outside, if it's minus 40 degrees outside, are you still going to kick them out onto the street? Where are you going to take them once this 24 hours is up? Are they just simply going to walk out the door? Are they going to go to another um, shelter? And what the answer from the province was that they will give them, it was called a warm handoff, basically, if the person being treated, the facility wants to go to um, to get their identification or to uh, to another shelter, what have you, they will be driven to that particular location. However, a lot of the people who spoke to council and to the province yesterday said, well, you can't make people do this sort right. of thing. Um, and they said, you're right. We don't have the ability to make people do anything at all. If they want to walk out those doors, that is their choice. If they want to receive help, we will do everything in our power to help them. Lara Fominoff, before I let you go, so this is the Saskatoon component of the 15 complex beds. Uh, Regina, yet to come as far as what will happen? Yes. Uh, Regina, there will be a complex needs shelter, uh, emergency emergency shelter opening up there as well. The one, there were a couple of questions, though, for the provincial government that they could not answer or they would not answer. And that was, who's going to be running this facility? um, And when is it going to open up? And those questions were not answered by the province. They said it was basically sort of a Trust us, in quotation marks, we know what we're doing, we'll let you know when we let you know. Um, there are still contracts apparently to be signed, and um, so nobody knows who's going to be running this, and nobody knows when exactly it's going to open, other than perhaps early in the new year. And even in fairness, and I am pretty critical, listeners may subtly have determined that over the years, of Saskatoon City Council. The decision, which was, first notice was given November the 15th uh, for meetings for November 22nd. I mean, there was a very short uh, period of time, a lot of frustration, but 
it appears that was on the province, and the province knew this was a likely site quite a bit before. Correct. So the province made its announcement on its mental health and addiction strategy in early October. Uh, according to Saskatoon's uh, city solicitor, the province had their eye on this particular uh, location on Idlewild in September before this announcement was even made. Um, people who are living and affected by what's going to be happening at this shelter said, why didn't anybody tell us? Right. And why was it just a week ago or 10 days ago or maybe not even at all? And the city said, well, it wasn't up to us to tell you. It's up to the province. And we suggested that to them um, to to let people know. But, you know, the city, the province, pardon me, was under no obligation to do that. And some people didn't find out. They're quite upset about that. The actual uh, application for the development permit came in October 20th, just over a month ago. It is always good, my friend. Thanks for stopping in. Anytime, John. Our Lara Fominoff, senior reporter, 650 CKOM. Well, the lines are lighting up already because it's Bugs Day, the hour of rage. I couldn't imagine being Tony. Tony, who owns that fabulous British uh, shop called Churchill's, which is on Idlewild Drive, happens to be right across the street from the old liquor store, soon to be complex need shelter. Tony grabbed the phone this morning. He's going to be here. Bugs Day, the hour of rage is pretty simple. It was quite a list of people who are no longer on the board of directors of the Regina Exhibition Association. That board, 11 of them resigned en masse yesterday after Regina City Council in a 6-5 narrow vote said, considered dissolving the Regina Exhibition Association. Debt-ridden as it is, lots of controversy. Gosh, it might even make a guy want to stay. No. Evan Bray will be all over these stories come Monday. I can hardly wait to listen. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Hey, bud, what's your problem? Go away, boy, you bother me. Don't do that! Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Anything bugging you, it's 877-332-8255. Okay, on Bugs Day, from big to small, worldwide significant impactful matters of state, like wars, all the way down to anything that's bugging you close to home. Let's talk about it here and now. Lines are lighting up nicely. I endeavor to get to the texts, but of course it is the sound of your voice that drives this show, so we'll always go to the phones first. Uh, Tony in Saskatoon. Tony, uh, you run a very nice business. I uh, have gone by it many times. I see it all the time on the road. Churchill's, which is on Idlewild, it's a shop, all things British. You're right across the street from this proposed new complex need shelter. Yes, that's right. Uh, first, John, thank you for taking the call. Second, Thanks for everything you've done. Ah, well, thank you. So, um, I heard most of what Lara said. I have spoken to her. So, if I could, if I go over anything here that she's already said, just please cut me off and tell me. No, no worries. So, um, just uh, quickly, the lighthouse closed. Um, there was a temporary shelter placed on First Avenue. There was outrage. That was moved. Uh, that was moved to Fairhaven. 
then it became apparent uh, that the uh, individuals with complex needs were no longer welcome and it wasn't working there. Chief Arkan, I believe, came out and said uh, permanently lifetime ban. The words don't get much stronger. She also urged that uh, when a shelter or a facility was opened, that it does not go on the west side. Uh, the, the Saskatoon Police Service then have been forced to deal with more, and this is not a criticism uh, of the police service, but I think then uh, a recent uh, death of an intoxicated individual uh, while in custody uh, was unfortunate and then put uh, a light on it. Now, there's many things I refute here. Um, one, it is not an emergency shelter. Uh, it is a detainment and detox facility that became uh, apparent yesterday, and uh, that is quite significant. Now, first, for people... Um, well, first, I'd like to, as you indicated, the folks in Regina start to ask questions, start to contact City Council, start to uh, contact your MLAs. It's coming down there. Hopefully you don't get shafted and get less than seven days' notice about this. Now, John, uh, last week the city put out to people within a 300-meter radius, businesses and residents, a proposed emergency residential shelter notice. So there's, there's a whole string here, um, as Lara, I think, indicated. In September, there was uh, a meeting between the province and city administration, which was acknowledged yesterday. So why, two months previously, is this, did this come out November 15th uh, with a meeting happening a week later? Yeah. Tony, um, um, the only challenge yeah. we have, of course, is we've got a ton of calls on many things. Okay, You've laid sorry. this out so well, my friend. What yeah. should people be doing? What do you think? What should people be doing? Uh, well, I think uh, yesterday the decision by city council was based on a, a false premise. I don't think uh, necessarily council made uh, knowingly made a decision, but I think given uh, the information. I, I don't know what we could do with a legal challenge, but uh, the burden of proof was not met in the application. There was not a proper operational plan. My concern where something will finally come to a head is where when there is a critical incident that occurs nobody wants to see that but when that happens uh then perhaps something will be done you say it well tony i wish you the best on this and uh that's not an easy time darren in saskatoon bugs day the hour of rage many people on the phones what's got you bug sir john uh thanks for taking my call in the last month i attended a an investment conference in the united states with the top portfolio managers for North America, including economists. And we are the laughing stock in this country right now with this uh, climate change policy, uh, to the point that the, one of the female economists on the panel said, imagine this, in order to meet, in order to meet the goals in Canada, uh, basically the next generation of children coming out of school, about one in every three would need to become an electrician. 
simply because every 90 to 95 percent of all of the houses in Canada will have to be completely retrofitted from 100 and 200 amp service to 400 amp service because you have to replace every single furnace with an electric furnace, every natural gas dryer and range with electric appliances, plus also add an electric charger for a vehicle. Never mind building new garages for people who don't have places. You can't just plug these in on the street out front of you. It is ludicrous. So my rage today is my call to action is every single card-carrying NDP member within the, within the sound of my voice, it is on you to reach out to your counterparts and stop this madness. The Liberal Party is imploding upon itself, but we can't wait another 18 months for this dictator to be shown the door. It is time for every NDP to stand up and say enough is enough and get this arrangement <laughs> out of our parliament and get us on with the business of day. So thanks, John, for allowing my voice to be heard. Thank you for 25 years and happy retirement. All right. Thank you, my friend. Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Uh, hearing uh, Darren in the investment world, there was some talk uh, and it's only chatter, and this would be the death knell. Uh, Trudeau uh, and his deputy prime minister, the uh, ever-nodding head, Christian Freeland, uh, they want to take some steps to encourage more equity investment in Canada. Um, you know, money follows opportunity. Money follows the markets follow the future. If there is not much investment activity in Canada, there's a reason. This is 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. Calm down, diddly-diddly-diddly-diddly-diddly. They did their best, shoddly-iddly-iddly-diddly. Gotta be nice, hostility-diddly-biddly-diddly. Ah, hell, diddly-ding-dong crap! Can't you morons do anything right? Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Anything bugging you, it's 877-332-8255. <laughs> Have you caught the other story? Uh, so much of our lives these days tend to turn on carbon tax, the whole Trudeau-esque view of energy generation. So all the battery plants that have been going on, and this is the one in Windsor. You've heard about this? Uh, two foreign-owned EV battery factories in southern Ontario. So you've got Volkswagen, you've got Stellantis. So in Windsor, a social media post casually by the Windsor police mentions, quote, 1,600 South Koreans will soon be joining our community. The entire community of Windsor, including a bunch of the politicians, Said 60, what? It turns out that Next Star, the Stellantis joint venture that's going to be operating this multi billion dollar subsidized battery factory, confirmed the number. Equipment installation phase on construction requires specialized global supplier staff. But no, no, when the battery plant is running, there will be 2,500 full-time jobs, and Canadians uh, will have most of those. But all those construction jobs, at least according to that release, 1,600 South Koreans will be there for the construction. Well, who knows? 
877-332-8255. Because we've never made batteries before in Canada. All right, let's get to the calls. Lots on this Saskatoon Complex Needs Shelter, which has got a lot of people really talking. And I think most of us agree These people who, and this is all drugs, this is people who are in a drug-induced psychosis. These are people who are mentally ill, whose drug use has exacerbated the mental illness. And this ain't no 24-hour quick detox shelter, or it shouldn't be, because these people are going to need some serious help. Uh, Frank and Regina, you're watching events over in the Middle East, among other places. What's uh, on your mind today? John, we've got to stop this dual citizenship. When it's tax time, I'm from whatever other country. I'm not Canadian. Now, I put myself in harm's way. There's a war where I've chosen to live, and all of a sudden, I got a Canadian passport, and now, oh, it's come save me, come save me, I'm a Canadian. You know, it's an interesting question, because I, I think a lot of us, I don't know about you, like I don't have a problem with dual citizenship, but there's got to be some weight given to residency, right? I mean, if you are a citizen of country X and you live in country X, you know, you can get your dual citizenship over in country Y, but you shouldn't have the same weight as the citizens in country Y when it comes to hauling you out of where you chose to live. If you haven't paid taxes in this country in the past year, you are not entitled to the gifts. You know, interesting on the tax payment, uh, my friend Trent an accountant, points out that only the U.S. and Eritrea, there might be one or two other countries, but those are the two most famous countries in the world that tax you on your citizenship. Usually, Frank, we tax on where you make the money. You see what I mean? So Americans pay tax around the world because they're Americans. Yes, but if you haven't paid taxes here, you shouldn't be entitled to our bailout. Bugs Day, the hour of rage, 877-332-8255. Brendan in Saskatoon, what's got you, Bug, Brendan? Uh, the big problem, I think, is this complex need shelter. We're treating these people like Israel treats Palestinians. Most of us are white that are on the show every day. And First Nations people rarely get their talking. I'm in a place now where this, the fire alarm went off the senior high rise at 6.30 this morning. No, these complex needs people, right now, they're in transition. So they have family and friends in my building. Mm-hmm. 50% of my building is from Métis or First Nations. And some of them uh, have relatives and, and family that are friends that are off, you know, they're just out of prison. So we shouldn't be treating these people like Palestinians. We're not Israel. We're not the state of Israel. We shouldn't have the self-righteous air. Well, I, I don't think losing. Israel's that self-righteous, frankly. When someone's trying to slaughter your children, you tend to want to defend yourself. But I, I, okay, many, I, I get your kiss of God, though, John. But Brendan, I get your, I get your point, though, on people transitioning. So, how does this complex needs program? And of course, part of this is a shortage of Canadian law. I think you and I agree on the outcome, right? Somebody needs the help to get off the street and get fixed. John, we're civilians. We're not, we're not the war cabinet in Israel. We're civilians. We don't really know what's going on. And we shouldn't be even making comments about the complex need shelter, about these people being drug addicts or mentally ill, which you are doing right now. Well, that's, that's because that's what they told us, Brendan. No, I mean... Complex needs people get kicked out of homeless shelters because of their behavior, usually drug-induced psychosis or mental illness. 
Are you... We have the Saskatoon City Police guy that's involved in all these issues and has to go all down 20th Street and wherever these people are right now because there's disturbances going on. And this guy told us, don't call the police. The fire department is in charge of getting these people. Like, it's the fire department that, that should be addressed, not the city of Saskatoon City Police. They're just too, bit, too busy to deal with this handful of people that are on the streets. Maybe 50 people have these, or have these complex needs, 50. Yeah. No, it's a good point. There's about 200 people, and the, and the police reported this number, in terms of nights in cells, calls. There's 200 people who cycle and cycle and cycle through. Highest needs people, I think they estimate there are 50 or 60 of them. But, you know, you don't, you don't fix a problem by simply saying, I'm not going to talk about it. I mean, that's, I would respectfully disagree with you, Brandon. Ken in Saskatoon, longtime caller to the show. Bugs to ADR. Who are you bugged by? Well, I decided since this is your last bug uh, day that I would be have a short list of bugs about John Gormley. What? Okay, could, could, could you, it's a short list. I'm honored. Well, I knew that you wanted to have other people calling, so uh, yeah. So having uh, let, let's pull the uh, the curtain back a little bit. I've known you for close to fifty years. I've been calling since like forever. So. Um, here are some things that uh, John that just bugged me about you. Is uh, I'll, I'll do four. First of all, you were so late on China. I remember you were talking about you know let them into the economic system, the world trade, all of that stuff, and that it would moderate their you know the way that they would act and all that. Stuff. I was a patsy. I know. I admit, <laughs> guilty. Yes, yes, you were. Also, I remember arguing with you for two years about the fact that John, that uh, Donald Trump was going to win the presidency. And even though he, you were right about how flawed a human being he he is and was and is, is that you missed the mega uh, movement, which is people are just the average person just tired of apologizing. I never missed it, my friend. I chose to look the other way. <laughs> okay. Number two, uh, Three. maybe you've changed and evolved, but you've always believed that Jennifer Warren's version of uh, First We Take Manhattan is better than Leonard Cohen. How can that possibly, how, how could you be so wrong? You've got a great memory. I stand by that. In fact, I think most of the famous Blue Raincoat album is better than anything Cohen did, though he wrote it. John, when Leonard Cohen sings... Uh, first we take Manhattan, it sounds revolutionary and dangerous. When Jennifer Warren sings it, and she goes, first we take Manhattan, then we take Berlin, it sounds like she's going shopping, okay? <laughs> Jeez. And number one, the number one thing that's bugged me about you for the last 25 years is you never had Ken from Saskatoon as a guest host. You had these people like Mike, and all, you know, Michael Chorus and that, like that. I never had Ken from Saskatoon. Probably a good career move for both of us, but uh, anyway, I'm going to miss you guys. Thank you, man. And I appreciate that. That's my buddy, Ken, who actually, it's funny how life works on cycles. We were in university together. First met him. Then I was very young in radio. I did my very first talk show in 1978 on the old CKOM broadcast house on 8th Street. Ken used to call in those days. So I'd be in university. He'd be working. He'd be university. I'd be working. Uh, Ken, it's been a great run. But the beauty of this stage of the run is there's lots more time now to make sure 
you stay close to the people you want to be with. 877-332-8255. Oh, why is it that we keep going back to all of this carbon tax, how we're going to live our life? So in this obsession to be all things electric, and you remember we were talking to Dustin Duncan, not only will Saskatchewan have to find a new way for most of our 5,400 megawatts of power, okay, that's what we produce now, and power generation will have to increase by 2.5 times because of all the electric vehicles, so that's 5,400 times 2 is 10,800 plus half is 12. About 12 and a half to 13,000 megawatts. Okay, so that's what Saskatchewan's going to have to produce. We're going to need some large-scale nuclear reactors. We probably will need one or two of the 3,000s, not the, uh, uh, the modular reactors that typically kick out 300, but I leave that to scientists. Now the Fraser Institute comes out. Just on the government's mandate for EVs, by 2035, 100% of new vehicles sold in Canada must be electric. 388 new mines are going to have to be built by 2030 to satisfy the electric vehicle mandates. So this standard of 50% by 2030, 100% by 2035. As of 2021, there are 270 metal mines in the U.S., 70 in Canada. So to locate, design, develop, build, mining, refining for lithium, for cobalt, for all of the other projects, you're looking at 388 new mines needed around the world. How fast will we get those up. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Pay attention to me, boy. I'm not just talking to hear my head roar. The worst day of my life. What do you think? What in Judas Rockin' Priest is going on around here? Oh, my man! Bugs Day, the hour of rage. Uh, typical Andrew Stevens. <laughs> uh, you remember when Regina City Council on the spot, Dan LeBlanc and the left-wing faction of council, uh, days after they were elected, did that thing that the city will accept no money and do nothing to promote the energy of fossil fuel sector. Hello, co-op refinery. Uh, and the entire city council was embarrassed beyond words, and it was just such a gong show. Well, uh, Andrew Stevens, uh, perennially, for a long time, the only really hard left-winger on council. Now he's got four uh, companions. Uh, so they're debating this whole issue about a report done into the Regina Exhibition Association by MNP. Uh, they're looking at a go-ahead for this report to be done later in the year. I mean, governance would dictate, if you've got some concerns about Regina Exhibition Association, and I think sensible people should, they've got a $17 million debt. They've come to the city asking for five times their usual appropriation. They're being audited by Canada Revenue over a $7 million COVID check they got. So rather than drilling down and saying, hey, let's bring in somebody to have a real good look here. They're going around and around. Andrew Stevens, I cannot in good conscience approve a financial ask in the upcoming budget. And then 
he starts this motion under the current structure to be responsible and accountable, the existing directors and the board should be wound up. Now, I get doing it, and I think I might agree with that. But you don't do that on the spot at a council meeting. Don't you bring in somebody to advise and suggest? So council, like they so often do, have a 6-5 vote. And um, then within minutes, the directors of the Regina Exhibition Association convene a meeting, and en masse, they offer their resignation. So city council will be running the Exhibition Association. Tim Reed, the controversial CEO, uh, what's the over and under on Tim Reed's length of survival as CEO? It's not very long. So now, how do you uh, deal with the future? Who does the governance? What, the same city council? They're going to manage the exhibition association and the million square feet of space and all that stuff? I, I fear they could be going into places that could cause them a problem. Kathy in Saskatoon, Bugs Day, the hour of rage. What's got you bugged? The homeless, that shelter that's going on, I know of, I think it's going to cause more problems. And yes, we got to help these people to get up off the streets, off the drugs, and off the mental, and help with mental illness. But I think it's going to cause more problems. And I want to wish you all the best, John. It was nice talking to you. And I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you and your family. And all the best to you. Kathy, I thank you so much. And you don't know what that means to me. Kathy has been a longtime caller of this program. And uh, oh, you just get an energy off listeners. And uh, this is the other thing that, that I'm really, I, I, I am overwhelmed by your response. And I'm, I'm humbled by it. I don't know what to say. And I'm deeply thankful to every one of you. Tomorrow's the last show. This is, boy, did that spring quickly. Coming up next, distinguished professor of foreign affairs, Elliot Tepper. Will there be a temporary ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war? Supposed to be today. That's not happening. We'll get the latest on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.